The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. What is going on? Happy National Ghost Day. Happy Halloween. We are live on YouTube with the Armed Citizen Podcast number 314. 3.14. That's almost kind of Pi Day almost. It's not Pi Day because Pi Day is March 14th, but you know what I'm saying. We are live as always on YouTube streaming to over 100 and 50 countries worldwide. If you're out there in the live chat, go ahead and say something. We don't know that you're out there unless you do. More importantly, if you're watching this in replay or listening to this in podcast, understand the conversation does not have to end here. Utilize the comment section below. Tell us, you know, hey, go stick it. Uh, you're terrible. All of that stuff. It's what it is. Uh, we hear it all the time. More importantly, if you are on the podcast form and you like what you're listening to, go ahead and, and follow or subscribe to the podcast and give us a good rating. That does help the Al Gore rhythms out there. So, uh, like I said, it is Halloween, October 31st, 2023. Yeah, so, like I said, if you're out there in the live chat, go ahead and say something. If you want to call or text into the show, yes, you can call and text into the show. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Ryan and Shelly Gates over at Aegis Gun Care. That phone number is 530-364-4678. And go check out AegisGunCare.com. If you're a veteran, really anybody, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole, you're in the darkness and you're looking for that light, Call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I could probably be a pretty decent ear and talk you through some stuff. More importantly, I could just listen if that's all you need, someone to talk to. If you are looking for someone that can get you towards some medical attention, remember two things. One, you are not alone in this fight. You have a lot of brothers out here that are willing and able to help you in any way possible. And two, the world is a, mo is a much better place with you in it. So please, utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. Veterans, press the number one. We are spotlighting, as always, the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title United States Marine, see the website marines.com. And as always, we're a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Go check out all of your favorite pro-gun, pro-2A podcasts over at selfdefenseradio.net. Let's take this off of my beautiful mug and say hello to some of the guys that are going to be joining us. Uh, thank you for joining us, guys. I know it's Halloween, uh, and thank you to everyone out in the chat. I know it's Halloween. You probably have... Um, some stuff going on, but uh, you know, you chose to uh, stick with us tonight, and, and we do appreciate that. Before we bring in Chris and, and Chris, actually, you know, but Chris and Clover, um, I do want to bring up one thing. And if, if you're a Patreon member of mine over there, I greatly appreciate that. I did put a post out there and I sent everybody a, a message. Um, here in the next week or so, I'm going to stop utilizing Patreon. 
Um, some of the things that they've done in the past, it's whatever. For me, honestly, I haven't seen the engagement in a long time over there, except for maybe a couple people. And, and I get, I'm not criticizing anybody, but I understand that it's hard to jump back and forth between platforms. So what we decided to do is just try to go strictly with YouTube memberships. If you're still wanting to support the channel and all of our projects, fantastic. Thank you so much. Uh, you can check out our YouTube memberships. It's that join button. You hit that join button. It's going to be the same tiers as they were over in Patreon. It's just we're going to streamline everything and kind of, treat, kind of keep everything over on the YouTube platform. Uh, we get a lot more uh, reaction. We got a lot of more uh, back and forth back on the YouTube side anyways. I think that's where everybody is, right? So instead of having to make everybody jump over to a, a weird platform like Patreon, we're going to go with YouTube. Um, so if if you're part of the Patreon family, I appreciate you guys. We invite you to come over and join the YouTube membership. If not, hey, no hard feelings. We get it. Uh, everyone's out there is why is Clover's camera off? Um, it's off? That's 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 Clover. Clover is not a real person. Clover Somebody is too, apparently. Apparently, yes. Uh, but that but Clover is not a real person, man. Um, he, he's he's a spirit of a leprechaun, and so it's kind of hard to. They don't show up on camera, right? Leprechauns and spirits don't show up. Ghosts, I know, don't show up on cameras. Uh, this is a facade. I, I'm taking this body over um, when I go in for the camera. I'm, I'm a spirit out there, but no, it's all good. Um, but yeah, like I said, if you're a Patreon, go check out the post over on Patreon. I'll explain everything in further detail. Uh, let's bring in this guy from the weirdest state in the union. Uh, the only state that has four letters, but takes two people to spell it out. We got Chris from the 740. What's up, man? Not much, man. Thanks for the invite. Happy Halloween. You get it. Happy Halloween, man. Uh, yeah, Brandon says, I knew it. Damn, I was trying to haunt people. That's true. He does haunt people. Um, you got big, you didn't have any big like uh, Halloween plans or anything? No, my wife was all disappointed because we only had two kids show up. for. So she's all down yeah. and out about that. But it's been dwindling down as the years go on. I think the kids are in the neighborhood are all getting older and getting out of here. So. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it for sure. Um, we, we've had a couple stop by, and I get home, and my wife has dressed up my shepherd with, like, this. The only thing I can explain it is, like, it kind of looks like a, a, a Hawaiian lei, and then she's put, like, this netting on it, and she's trying to make her into this bride. I'm just like, why would you, like, why, why are you embarrassing this dog like that? You're humiliating my, my puppy and she's like oh it's so cute no 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 they're saying your mic is way low volume chris now maybe we're, now is your mic on like the actual microphone or are you using like your desktop microphone i don't know i thought it was just i want to go check your settings in the uh stream yard they might have reset this stream has been doing that with some people it's been kind of weird it doesn't sound like his normal mic either it doesn't it does it sounds like maybe like the desk like laptop mic or desktop mic or something so uh, you might as well check your settings in StreamYard on audio and see if it's the right microphone. But anyways, yeah. Um, riding shotgun with us, as always, the uh, the man that doesn't have a camera on. He is the spirit of the leprechaun from the great state of Texas. I should be a hype man, dude. He's got as many nicknames as Apollo Creed. Um, the tactical virus, I mean, leprechaun himself. What's up, man? Yo. 
Yeah, Gary says it sounds like the webcam mic is that that's probably what it is. It sounds like the webcam mic is picking up his audio. So I don't know. Uh what's going on, man? How you doing? You just dropped a video not too long ago on a pretty cool gun. Uh, I don't know about that, but uh I definitely dropped a video a little while ago. It's a cool gun. I didn't say it's a great gun. It's a cool gun. <laughs> yeah, it is. It definitely looks good. Yeah. It's a good looking hand gun. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Oh, I can already hear a microphone, Chris. I I can already hear a microphone. So, uh, nope. No. Uh, only only if you're over. like only if you're like twenty five foot away from it. Right. Right. Um, you got a shotgun for us this week? Uh, man, let's just go generic. We we talked about this, and I don't remember where, but we talked about Army of Darkness. Uh, we uh -huh. talked about uh, all of that, which you've got so many movies you've got to catch up on. Uh, I do. I but, do. Um, anyway, uh, all the Evil Dead and the Expendables. But anyway, uh, in Army of Darkness, uh, he's got a Stoger coach gun. Ash does. So nice. let's go with the uh, Stoger uh, double barrel coach. Nice. Nice. Let's do that. Uh, let's do a quick shout out to all of our channel members out there, YouTube channel members. That's part of the perks of being a channel. We get shouted out every live stream. We got Tactical Buck out there, or Tactical Fud. His name is Buck. Uh, he says, Hey, everybody, what's going on? Buck, Chris from the 740s out there, and in here, he's pulling double duty. Gizzard Gary. Gizzard Gary is out there as a channel member. Uh, let's see here. Any more channel members out there right now? I think Chris is going to try to get back in for he fixes his. The situation. Um, let's see. Here. I'm trying to find some more channel members. Gun snobs out there. He says, "Wow, Chris dressed up as a Dusty Hill. As Dusty Hill, great costume. Uh, it, there's nothing wrong with being Dusty, right? Like you know, there's nothing wrong with being Dusty. There's a lot worse things that you could go as Halloween as. Let's just say that much for sure. Uh, I'm going down here and trying to catch up to make sure I didn't miss any channel members out there." And I'll make sure I shout you out if you're coming late and all of that. So, yeah, Chris says uh, he'll be right back. So, yeah, you guys know that every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday, we have our our pony polls over on our YouTube community tab. We have some fun with it. We uh, we usually throw out one, at least one gun question, all that. Uh, our buddy Lance off the X out there says, I'm dressed up as a train conductor. He must be working tonight. <laughs> He's probably working tonight. Uh, defensive firearm tax. So this is hey goes hey. What's going on, man? Uh, let's see here. Let's go check out our polls. Our first one uh, was put out yesterday. It's got one point five thousand votes, and uh, we'll get Chris when he comes back in. We'll get his vote. But uh, who's better, Clover? And, and in general, you can say I wouldn't say like now, but in their primes, who was better? Guns and Roses or Metallica? Clover, are you still there? Yeah, I was looking for the mute yeah. button. Good lord, uh, nah, that's, that's man, that's not even it's close. tough, isn't it? No, it's not even close, man. <laughs> it's not even close. It's GNR, man. It's not even close. I, I I'm the GNR uh, fam as well. I, I love Metallica, but. Like prime GNR man was uh, oh stadiums they filled it's oh. not even close it's not even close now I I did I did actually see uh, Guns N' Roses Metallica and Faith No More back in like ninety one something like that at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas 
and Faith No More opened up for them. I think they had several different bands throughout the tour, but uh, and what they ended up doing was every concert, every night, GNR Metallica would switch off who's headlining at the end, right? So the night that I happened to be there, it was Faith No More, did about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, which was really hard because at that time they only had one, like one or two decent songs that I knew, right? Um, but then Metallica came on and just, was Metallica right? It was amazing! Just this is at the height of the the Black albums coming out, and I mean, it was just it was it was incredible. And then Guns N' Roses was supposed to come out. Well, as you guys might know, Axel is um, notorious for maybe being on his own schedule, if you will, and hadn't shown up or wasn't prepared to come on stage. I don't know. So we sat there and waited for like half an hour, and then all of a sudden Metallica comes back on and basically said that they're going to play until Guns N' Roses is ready to go take the stage. They probably played for like another 45 minutes to an hour. Um, ironically, they didn't play any of their songs. It was pretty cool. Uh, they already played all the stuff. Now, they, that's not true. They did play a couple songs that they didn't play in their set. And then they started. They started playing like they played like some Steve Miller band. They played some like Leonard Skinner. And they played. I mean, all sorts of cool stuff that like weren't theirs, but they were just buying time. And then finally, Guns N' Roses came on, and it was worth the wait because they were incredible. They were incredible. So I'm a big I'm a big GNR fan. Both big fan of both of them, but GNR I take it now. Unfortunately, Clover. 1.5 thousand votes. 70% of the people disagree with us and say Metallica. Only 30% of the people agree with us. Now, I like being on the the wrong end of numbers. So, I don't, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Metallica is great in the 80s, Abigail says. Um, they were great in the 90s, too. Let's just let's be real. They were probably better in the 80s, but I wouldn't say they weren't great in the 90s. I mean, maybe... Maybe a lot of people despise the Black Album because they thought they kind of sold out commercially, um, but it was by far their most successful album. But honestly, to me, they were they they took their time and and, and man, they sounded so good on the Black Album. They sound as a band, they sounded great on the Black Album. So I'm not going to say they weren't great in the '90s. Uh, I would say they were probably better in the '80s, but they were still great in the '90s for sure. Um, let's go to our second one. Our second one is, is this is kind of interesting. It's a no brainer for me. And if you know me, you'll know why, uh, choose one in general, chicken or fish, Clover chicken or fish chicken. Yeah. I'm the same way. I, I don't like fish. Uh, I like shellfish and I like, you know, certain things, but I, I, I'm not a fish person. So for me, it's definitely, do you have a favorite chicken dish if you will <laughs> fried chicken what you talking about okay just regular old fried chicken yeah fried yeah fried up i'm good um yeah. yeah i mean that's a regular um it's a regular thing right like yeah. chicken i can eat chicken in many different ways like yeah you could do just about anything i don't want to get all like bubba gump with it right but um yeah. You can, you can boil it, saute it, fry it. You You're going to start sounding like Bubba with, with shrimp, you that's know? What I, that's what I'm saying. You know, you can, <laughs> I mean, I'll eat pretty much anything uh, as far as, you know, yeah. cooked any way with chicken. 
fish. I'm, I'm real picky and peculiar when it comes to fish. So, yeah. Um, the only fish that I've had that I actually liked was, man, this is before I got married. I was over in Japan and Yoko took me to a place and, um, it was, um, I had a tuna steak and, uh, I, I like tuna. Tuna is about the only fish that I can consistently like, but I had a, a tuna steak that was amazing. It was about that thick. It was great. So, uh, Chris, real quick, let's, let's well, say hello first. Make sure we, we got you. Is that a lot better? Not really. It's better, but it's not a lot better. It just to me, it sounds like I think they're right. It sounds like that your your audio is being picked up by your webcam and not your actual microphone. It's not loud and crisp that like it usually is. You know, it's kind of far away, but it works. It'll it'll work. It'll work. Uh, while you before you fix it and all that. Um, Guns N' Roses or Metallica in their prime? Metallica for me. Okay. All right. Not everybody's right about everything, but, you know, it's, it's good effort. Good effort. Uh, and in general, when you're talking about eating food, do you prefer chicken or fish in general? Chicken, chicken yeah. 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 Um, that had 2.1 thousand votes, and 71% were correct that said chicken. 29% need to go get their heads fixed, but uh, 71% did say chicken, so I'm okay about that. Um, why does Clover sound like Theo Vaughn? I don't know if he does, but now that you make me think about that, holy cow. I love me some Theo Vaughn, but um, hey, a budget's out there. MK Outdoor Journal says so, so he's at Theo work. Vons are, but, uh, Theo Vaughn's a redneck. That's why. Maybe. Simple answer. Maybe. Yeah. Huh. Maybe. Maybe. We've got a lot of new people apparently tonight. Like I, I've had several uh you know, I, I had I had an uptick on um, weird questions about me. After the um Jarhead podcast did live, there were some new folks that like uh, Sykes and all of that. Some of these people I think were from the Jarhead podcast that are now finding this podcast, so it's kind of cool. Uh, Sykes was here last week, but uh, but yeah, even Sykes is, is that Theo Vaughn in, in disguise? That's pretty funny, actually. Uh, okay. Let's see, yeah. Uh, on our know, last, how do you know Theo Vaughn's not copying me? Like, I find. How do you know? Me. See, here's the thing, guys. You don't know. Clo Clover keeps his camera off for a reason. Maybe he is Theo Vaughn. Just saying. Yeah, so they go watch other videos, but why would they do that? There's <laughs> okay, nothing on exactly. my channel your audience likes. So very few it. things. Very right. few. Very few. Right. Yeah. But we did talk. There are gonna be some things that we could possibly collab with down the road that we're both gonna be working with that could be interesting to collab with. But um wow, pickles calling me out there. He says you're an uneducated Texan. Wow. Okay. So that's the dude wow. that's still living in California. <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. Uh, our last poll, 2.4 thousand votes. What do you prefer, a fixed blade or a folding blade? Chris, fixed blade or folding blade? In general, which do you prefer? I went with folding on that one because that's what I carry to work every day. Yeah. I, th I think if you go by what I use the most, um, it's obviously a folding blade. I'm a big folding blade guy. That said... I do prefer a fixed blade if just in general, uh, but I, I don't necessarily like carrying around a fixed blade. So 
Um, you know, I would probably say in general, because of usage, it's definitely going to be a folding blade, but I, I probably prefer a fixed blade. Uh, Clover, what about you? Do you prefer a fixed or folding blade? For carry in general use, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm like you, folding. But as far as if I'm going to nerd out or, oh, man, that's pretty or, you know, that sort of thing, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm all into fixed, yeah. Especially yeah. cleavers and, like, kitchen knives and uh, all kinds of things like that. Look at that bad boy. Yeah. Is that Look one of the ones that. that the time you bought, like, 54 knives and told No, 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 no. Uh, this is, is actually a really pretty solid <laughs> knife not saying those other ones weren't solid but this is this was a pretty expensive knife right there but uh that's one of my favorite knives that's a work knife right there boys uh that's that's gonna get a lot of stuff done that's that's what i would call a survival knife um and we're gonna talk a little bit about that a little bit later uh let's see here i think this was no this wasn't either that's another really cool little knife i can do a lot of fun with uh, as far as the knives, I don't think I've got them anywhere. Oh, they're over. I've got a couple over there, but I don't want to get up and get them. But yeah, I did. I think that one Wanamaker, I think I ended up getting like 12 knives or something. So uh, they were decent knives, but they're not high quality knives. They look better than they really are. But uh, uh, but these are, I spent some money on these. That one, that's a beautiful knife. That's one of my favorite knives right there um anyways but yeah those are our pony poles go check out and say thank you to anderson manufacturing go check out andersonmanufacturing.com kyle would be here as normal but he has got trick-or-treating duty tonight so uh clover and i talked to him earlier in the day and uh yeah he's he's he might try to drop in a little bit later if he gets home in time but uh dan cruz says folding folding uh let's see here Mark Jackson says, well said on fixed and folding blades. Well, I very, very seldomly say anything that's well said, uh, but I thank you for that compliment. I really do. Um, let's see here. I see some other knife. Speaking of um, Cal, you said his name too much. Oh, crap. Tim's out there, too. Is Kyle out there? I'm going to catch up. Timothy Knight. Timothy Knight. I don't even have a camera hooked up, so nope. Not happening. Kyle's out there. So what up, Ghost Squad? What up, homie? It's good to see you, Tim. Good to see you, my man. Hope to see you maybe at shot this year if you're gonna be there. It's been a couple years since we've actually I wanna say it's been since India of like twenty nineteen that we've actually been able to hug each other and say hello. I might right. be wrong about that, but I want to say it was Indy in 2019. I hadn't even had phone conversations. We were supposed to talk on the phone like a few weeks back or he something. And I, he, well, he and I talked maybe last year, maybe, but it was maybe earlier this year. I don't remember, but it's, it's been a while for sure. Yeah. I hear you tapping a microphone. Is it any better now? No, it's worse. <laughs> uh let's see here dan cruz says samurai area i'd say fixed those days are gone how can you go wrong with a katana of any kind like even today you know i think great thing about living in arkansas if it has a blade you can carry it so okay. i mean i could literally walk down into walmart with a freaking katana over my shoulder that'd be that'd be so badass wouldn't it 
Tim says, I'll ring you both. Well, that'd be nice. It'd be, it'd be good catching up with you, brother. Now, um, now some carried like that, and then some carried in like a reverse position. What was up with all that? What do you mean? Like in, when you say a reverse? Like, like they would the sheath you pull it out from down? the top, and then when it's, yeah, it's inverted where it's down, and they pull it out from like, and some of them would carry two. They would carry one one way and one the other. Yeah, uh, probably like a backup. Um, you know, um, I would I would say. Um, I guess maybe that was their version of. Oh, I carry appendix. Oh, I carry three o'clock. Oh, could I be, could be. Maybe that was just their could version. Could be. Now, maybe what you might be thinking about is, um, and it, a lot of times they wore them on their belt in front or whatever. But the uh, the wakizashi. Wakizashis or a little smaller, maybe half the size, like smaller, basic katanas. Right. And they would be in a sheath also, but most of them they were carried on a belt or, or at least in front of them or something like that. Maybe, I don't know, but I, I don't remember seeing, and yeah, I, I'm not saying they didn't, but I don't remember seeing, I mean, obviously not in real life, but in like movies and all that stuff, having the inverted katana in the back. But yeah, I would be willing to bet that if you got this one with your right hand, you can grab this with your left and go double barrel katanas. That'd be kind of sweet. Um, and all of that. Maybe. I don't know. Um, there you go. Sykes is putting a couple brands out there that he likes. Benchmade, you can't go wrong with Benchmade. Used for basic, you know. Rob out there, New York Outcast. Does anyone go trick-or-treating tonight? Negative, negative, negative. Um, Mandatory Carry says, my favorite weirdo, my favorite Coastie out there says, though to be fair, if it's a trench knife, I want it. I might have an unhealthy obsession with brass knuckles. I think, buddy, you have an unhealthy obsession with a lot of things. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Um, and, and it really all depends on what the obsession is, depending on which personality is showing up that night. So uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Smash time out there. What's up, man? Um, I was hanging out with Smash time on his live stream last night. So, uh, yeah. Dan Cruz says Glock is better than any knife. In theory, I would maybe agree with you just because, right? But there's a lot of knives that I'd rather have instead of a Glock, right? So better versus I want, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. Kyle just said he just wrapped up trick-or-treating in Kentucky, so there you go. Maybe he'll jump in later if he has time. Uh, my wife is out there watching the World Series. Hope my Rangers are have a two-one lead right now. Maybe we win tonight, and there's a reason why Ginger did not show up tonight. He is a little depressed that my Rangers beat his Diamondbacks last night, so he's 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 avoiding the conversation. So it is what it is. Uh, let's keep let's talk about knives for a little bit, and we're going to talk about more when we talk about survival and survival skills and all of that. Um, Chris, real quick, just off the top of your head. Um, when it comes to knives, whether it's folding or fixed or whatever, do you have like a, a specific blade style that your favorite or do you really do you this this blade style kind of come into your factoring of whether you buy it or not? I'll be honest with you. I'm just not really in. Now you sound good. Okay. All right. I don't know what was going on there. I just kept going in messing with settings. Um. I don't really have a preference on, I, I've been carrying the same knife for like seven or eight years now to work. Yeah. So, um, 
yeah, I'm just not not real big into the knives. And, yeah, and so you really don't have a particular blade style that that you want you're looking for or anything like that. Then you're just you see a knife that you might like and it's just what it is, right? If you yeah, it's like I've got a bunch of different ones. Um, one of my favorite brands is CRKT. I always, I've got yep. quite a few of their knives. Um, yep, can't go wrong with that. Like I've got that Clever Girl uh, fixed blade. That's one of my did favorite. You say, did you say Cover Girl? It's called the Clever Girl. I don't, <laughs> I don't judge, brother. I don't judge. <laughs> that was one of my favorites. They came out with, and then <laughs> uh, the one that they. It's like that samurai style one they came out with. It had the paracord wrapped handle and stuff. Yep. They, I don't know. They've come out with some pretty cool designs over the years. And when I see one, I'll grab one. Yep. Gary likes a drop point. Hey, a lot of my knives are drop point, especially the you know the 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 folding knives that are kind of carry. Now, my favorite. I think everyone knows that my favorite folding knife, and probably even I don't know about fixed blade favorite, but folding knife is definitely Karambit. I've got. I don't even one and uh, i bet you it's close to 50 karambits uh, i love a karambit especially in the folding side it's a great little fighting knife but it's a great knife to put in your pocket and all of that um for me probably my favorite two uh fixed blades are probably a drop point um a tanto i'm a big fan, a tanto fan tanto whatever people call it i always call it tanto because because the lone ranger but it might be called tanto i don't know um now you can't go wrong with a good like machete or cleaver let's just be honest um but yeah just regular knives and all that i would probably say uh drop point or, or tanto are my favorite clover as far as blade styles uh do you have a favorite yeah drop point or spear point usually spear point yeah those lines i don't i don't like a tanto and i don't tanto or tanto or whatever whatever yeah uh, yeah i don't like sh sharp angles and things like that on a blade i'm real snobby when it comes to that kind of stuff yeah um that one sykes just brought up out there that crkt fossil that's that's one i just saw over the weekend i want to get that's a nice looking knife yeah yeah uh tim says knife upgrade tomahawk i mean how can you grow with a tomahawk tomahawks are awesome sure sure um but yeah i i think that blade styles also go into what they're going to be used for you know um you don't obviously are not going to want to take a karambit for instance and and have to do any uh chopping with it or anything like that it's not designed for that it's as a it's a fighting knife um and you don't want to take a tomahawk and try to use it as a kind of like well i guess you could use it for a, a personal defense i mean I, I guarantee if you pull a tomahawk out and someone's probably just going to walk away from you and say you know what it's not worth it i'm good uh that's that's a real thing um yeah sykes says he's had his fossil for eight years now and it's tough as hell yeah there's a lot of knives that are tough as hell this thing's tough as hell I, 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 that thing is it's been it's been used quite a bit uh this is one of my like i, I showed you guys earlier this i want to bring this up it's a fixed blade but this is a, a blade that I kind of carry in my pocket quite frequently. Uh, I'm a big dagger fan of push, especially push daggers. I'm a really big dagger fan as well. Um, I love push daggers. I've got a, a ton of them. 
and you can put those in your pocket and and all that stuff but yeah dagger fan I'm a, I'm a big dagger fan as well i forgot about mentioning that for sure uh jacob says he'd prefer pocket knife uh for everyday carry but at hiking the woods he would go with a Bowie knife that's i'm surprised and, and, and the Bowie knife hasn't been mentioned but you know the Bowie knife is probably going to go down is one of the best all-around knives ever you can fight with it obviously you can you know survive with it you can chop with it you can clean animals with it the buoy might maybe the buoy might be the most versatile knife uh, what do you guys think about the most versatile where does the buoy stack up uh chris or clover as far as you know a, a totalitarian uh, universal knife Just Clover's not answering. Uh, he's not listening. He doesn't pay. He's too big for this show. He's too famous. <laughs> We're just lucky he shows up. We're actually lucky he shows up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I would assume it's up there pretty high. Yeah, it is. It is. A Bowie knife's a great knife. I was being uh, nice. I was going to let Chris talk. But he. He was having to Google what a Bowie knife is. Being a Texan, he doesn't know what a Bowie was, knife is. I was is. Emmett Smith back there, you know, Emmett Smith in the backfield, and I was like, Aikman's fixing the hand off and letting him hand off to Johnson, and Johnson just fumbled it all over the place. So, wow. good Lord. I guess I'm going to have to pick it up and run it in. Okay. Uh, no, the, the, the Bowie knife, the Bowie knife. Some people are going to freak out and say, it's a Bowie knife, man. It's Jim Bowie. Um, yeah, definitely iconic, man. You could shave with it, right? It probably is Bowie. I forgot. I just, for some reason, Bowie came out. But yeah, I it, say it Bowie is. too. Is. I'm from Texas. I say Bowie. I, I've always heard Bowie and Bowie. I have too, but I know a lot of people Bowie's say it's Bowie. Yeah, David Bowie was a singer, but I've always <laughs> called it a Bowie knife. Yeah. Uh, and grew up in Texas, he was to me, he was Jim Bowie. So I mean, yeah, maybe it yeah. was Bowie, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, absolutely versatile. Like when I think of when I think of the 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 Bowie knife, the only the only modern comparison that I can even begin to try to make might be like a K bar, but you you still don't have the mass in a K bar that you've got with a with a Bowie knife, right? So yeah, um, you know, wrapped handle. It's wrapped handle, and I mean, it's a lot different than. Uh, I I probably do a pick a K bar over a buoy just for me personally, but that's a personal thing. I'm not saying that the K bar is a better knife. I just yeah. prefer uh, the K bar over the buoy. But, but, but I think the buoy is a probably a better knife. I just prefer yeah. a K bar. K bar ain't worth a crap for chopping. Now, if you had no, it's not. If you had something to to hammer on the back side of it. I mean, it would be it would be better. You know what I mean? Use it more like a chisel or something. Might work out. Uh, yep. Talking about the K bar, but I mean, with a mm -hmm. Bowie knife, I mean, you can hack all kind of limbs and stuff up with that. Kyle says, "You know, I have a soft spot for the K bar, Clover." Yeah, yes, There's most Marines are. Most Marines are. K bar. No, no, no. no. Uh, Mark Jackson says, now, "You want a wicked combat knife, the Gurkha design." Now, K bar. Do you yeah. go with the uh, all smooth or serrated no. or? I I mean the 
the traditional K bar is smooth. Now, me personally, anytime I can find something that has some serrations, I know that you're not a big serration guy. I I do like serrations on knives. Um, so if if I if I can find something that's got some serrations, just because you can do so many different things with the serrations on there. Um, but if you're talking about a, a traditional K bar, I mean you're not. You know, you got some teeth on some of them. You had some teeth on top, but I wouldn't really call them, you know, too much. Um, but if I can find something like this, it's going to have actual serrations that you can get some work with. in. I would prefer that just me personally. Um, yeah, but I, I'm a big serrated knife guy. I, I know that you're not necessarily are you, no. Clover? No, yeah. not at all. And especially on a K bar, it just I don't. It just yeah. doesn't look. It right doesn't look me. right. Yeah, it just doesn't look right. Um, Sykes is a serrated knife has zero uses in the world. Well, I can think of a couple uses. Cutting um, a tomato, maybe like that's about all I can think of. Shredding a tomato, maybe. Shredding yeah, a, that'll work. Yeah, shredding a tomato. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, you know, the serrations do have a, a couple of different purposes. But in, in general, you you know, yeah, I, I see what people are saying. Uh, I tell you what, if you you stick that in someone. Give a little twist and pull out. It's going to rip some shit up. I promise you. Uh, it is great for cutting rope, and, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. And we'll talk a little more in survival when you get rope or or paracord or something. And who's going to carry around scissors? Yes, can you cut them with that? Sure, but it's a lot easier to to cut with that, and 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 you can use it for a lot of different things in the survival world. The serrations do come in handy. Probably for general purposes and every day, yeah, the serrations aren't going to do you much. But uh, there are a lot of things that the serrations will do when the time, excuse me, comes. Uh, Kyle says, I got this Foley knife from Flight Outfitters. It has everything you need, a nice blade with serrations, a belt cutter, a window break, and a magnesium stick. So um, absolutely all three of those things, the window break, the magnesium, and a belt cutter could come in handy. I don't think uh, that should be legal. Situations. It sounds is. like it, it sounds like it's a pretty deadly knife. It's a mean yeah, sounding right. knife, right? A belt right. Who needs a belt cutter or a window breaker? And my God, you're talking magnesium stick. Oh my gosh! I sure wow. hope Kyle's got a license to carry that because that's I feel unsafe. Well, in Kentucky, he world. may not, but if he was uh, up in Illinois, I think he probably will have to have a license for that. Okay. Now, Defense Dad says I'll take a lightsaber. Well, obviously, obviously. Now, would you consider the lightsaber in the knife family? It's, is it knife adjacent? Of course not. Of course not. You're now, saying it's not, it's not even in the same like family as a as a sword. I don't think so. It's a it's a it's a a, a laser weapon, a light weapon, a plasma weapon. It's a yeah, complete like knives. Blades do not require energy sources and blah 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 blah. So no. Yeah. Uh, Calaveras says, I don't recall the name of the knife companies on the show. So that would probably be Stroop Knives. Uh, actually, we saw them up in, in Wichita, actually. And mm-hmm. um, matter of fact, uh, I want to say that his wife saved your badge for a little while. Yeah. So, that was crazy. Uh, yeah. Stroop Knives, S T R O U P. Uh, go look up Stroop Knives, and they are phenomenal knives. Phenomenal knives. They got a cool just, Instagram too. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, they do a good job. They do. A good yeah, job that new uh, non-metallic they've got is kind of neat. Oh, that lightweight thing. Yeah, that's crazy. Holy, uh, holy. 
That's like some Man. Die Hard 2 stuff there. Well, that was uh, I want, the one that I saw. I don't know if I mean, you probably held different ones. The one that I had that was non-metallic was almost like a push dagger. It was a dagger design. That thing was bad. Like I could see putting that on like a battle belt or like a plate carrier or something. And uh, man, that thing was cool. Yeah. Now the one cool. I was looking at there, it's a it's a non-metallic. I forgot what model, but he said that was their best-selling model, and they decided to do yeah. a non-metallic version. Now it's not sharp, like so you can't like slice yeah. things with it. But well, he had a he had a little the he had a, somebody. Yeah, he had a dagger. It was that made that black. I don't know if it's plastic. I don't know what it is, but he had a dagger there. Boom one's game. My my eyes went to a yeah, dagger. Yeah, he had the bush dagger cool. things too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Um, Defense Dad said, Pride of my collection is an old Browning Airweight three and a half lock blade I bought when I was 13. Always kept that one up nice. Um, Rob says, Ceramic. It was not no, this ceramic. Wasn't, this was not ceramic. It was. Like a really hard, I wouldn't call it plastic, but it, it felt. With some type of polymer, some it, type. I yeah, forgot. Some he, type. I've got a video mm -hmm. from TriggerCon with him, and he yeah. talked about what it is in there, just saying, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, and it's not, um, and I don't know if Rob's talking about ceramic being brittle, but this is not, the one he's talking about is not brittle. And that's one of the mm. things he was. No, talking I think about he was. It. He's talking. He's saying ceramic is, is sharp yeah. but brittle, and, and yeah. he is right about that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's why ceramic armors kind of sucky. Like one hit, and it's. I mean, any armor is going to degrade as it gets hit. But ceramic is the, like the worst. Yeah, but it's so much easier. It's like half the weight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. Mm. So yeah, all right. Um, let's let's go into a little bit of a survival skills, if you will, or survival equipment, and all that. This time of year, I always like talking about stuff, um, and we're going to talk about some skills first. And and I think that the most important skill to survive there, there's about three of them, um, and I think that one of them is you need to learn basic navigation whether it's with a compass or using uh, the sunlight or whatever without being electrical on your phone or whatever i think that um having an idea of how to navigate how to read a map um that's not a gps map on your phone an actual paper map being able to read a map being how being able to uh, know what direction you're walking um, and the reason why that's important is when you're, when you're in survival mode, whether it's a red dawn or zombie apocalypse, or you're stuck because your car broke down, there's all sorts of reasons. It doesn't have to be a red dawn scenario to be in survival mode. A lot of things that can happen to get you in that position. But when navigation comes in, if you don't know how to move around and have a general idea of what direction you're going in then you could put yourself in a much worse position of getting even more lost. Um, another thing that you have to think about also is if you finally do find a place to set up shelter or camp, if you will, um, and you start going to look for food or for water and anything like that, um, especially if, if, if you don't necessarily know great navigational skills, the best way to figure out not to get lost going back. Like if you try to go find down to the creek or something to get a, 
some fish or something to, to eat and you want to get back and you basically kind of know the area well part of that is also uh, if it's really dark and all that so you don't get lost and you can't see much if you don't have a flashlight or whatever is counting your steps and <clears throat> that's the second thing is i think that everyone needs to learn um, their natural stride length, right? And it sounds so weird, and a lot of people don't think about that. But if you know your natural stride length, and when you walk out there, and you can, you're able to count your steps um, because they're they're a normal stride, and you know how far that stride is, then you know about basically how far you are from checkpoint A or to get back to camp or whatever. So navigational skills, uh, learning your your own stride distance is and people don't ever think about that but it's crucially important to to know that and third how to build a fire quickly right and i'm not talking about using a magnifying glass i mean obviously if you want to learn how to do that you can um, but learning how to get heat and to get around with a map or with a compass or whatever uh, navigational skills and then once again it, it's a very forgotten skill is learning your own individual stride length and knowing uh, what that stride is and it's really really hard but um, those are important uh, Chris want to bring you in real quick and we talking about survival skills right before we dive deep into this what are some of the skills that first come to your mind that you think that everyone should kind of know the basics of well, I got to agree with you on knowing your directions because uh, it's amazing how many people nowadays don't know, like, because they got they got to get that phone out or on the, in their car or whatever. But I, I don't know. I mean, being almost 50 years old, I had to learn how to read maps and all that stuff long before we had all that GPS and stuff. But yep. um, it is a good idea to keep a compass, a compass, you know, in your like, I carry a little bag, you know, with me every day that's got extra ammo and extra mags in it because I only carry so many mags on me at a time. But right, uh, it is a good idea to keep one of those. Um, yeah, but that that's a good one. Um, like you said, the fire thing. Yeah, got to learn how to start a fire. Um, especially now, here. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah yeah it snowed there today for you didn't it mm -hmm. it was it, it's gonna get down to 25 tonight it was like 27 last night here uh the earliest i remember ever being under freezing so it, they, they did say it's going to be a pretty brutally cold winter this year so obviously having an october freeze is a good start to that yeah they said that was the first snow we've had on halloween since the 80s here that's nuts. That is nuts. I'm going to put you on the spot because Mark Jackson out there is putting you on the spot. He says, I'd like, Chris, if you if I can pick on you, your opinion on an important one to me, how to survive without a fire. Uh, I keep a couple extra blankets in my truck under the seat. Um, I, I've always done that because uh, I've, I've broke. I've been broke down before. Uh, sure. It stuck in a flood once, and that was a little crazy. Um, but yeah, it's I keep blankets in my truck. Um, I, don't, I don't know, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start a fire one way one way or another. Yeah, uh, the only time I guess that 
a fire would not be a great idea is if you're in that red dawn scenario and you're afraid about giving your position away because well, uh, you can see a fire for a long ways away uh, now I'm just saying uh, but at some point um, yeah there are things that you can do to mask a fire to where it can't be seen from as far away uh, there are things that you can do to mask that the the light of the fire the blaze of the fire um, at least a little bit to where it's not not as easily seen but in in most instances we're talking here in survival mode we're not talking a red dawn scenario um, fire is crucial there are three things that you need to do you need to find shelter you need to find a water source and you need to be able to provide heat uh, those three, I don't care if it's middle of the summer, heat is not just to keep you warm. Heat is uh, be able to do a lot of things with that, but you got to be able to find shelter, a water source, and heat. So uh, a Dakota fire hole, there you go. Um, let's see here. Um, Clover, when you think survival skills, what are some of the skills that you think that uh, kind of first come to your mind? So y'all are in a totally different way of thinking in ballpark than I am. And I haven't heard any of anything I'm fixing to talk about out there in the chat either. So that's awesome. Cause not everyone's going to think like us, you know, I'm a little disappointed, but I'm also not surprised. Um, so number one, growing food. Yep. Number two, trapping and, and subsequently raising food. Cause if mm -hmm. you just go out and hunt, I mean, you're going to be limited, but if you can trap some rabbits and then pin them up and raise them, You've got food forever with rabbits, if you know what I'm talking about, wink, wink. Mm -hmm. uh, and then water collection and filtration. Uh, sure. A water source, yeah. Three. Water source. Well, you would have your own water source. You could collect rainwater, for example. You could. Divert That's what I'm saying. Trees. A you water source. And, and a yeah. water source doesn't have to be a bottled water, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah. you would want to you would want to learn how to keep it and filter it and yep. other things. And obviously, you'd need water for, for growing food. And, you know, there's other... Uh, other things but um yeah. yeah i'm thinking more along that lines of, of survival in a self-sustained type situation yep yep um when i think survival maybe i want to preface this by saying when i'm thinking survival i i'm, I'm thinking kind of like that three four five days maximum uh hopefully in those three to five days of surviving um either you've been found you've gotten to a place that you can get found uh you've got to somewhere that is is okay so, uh and i'm just talking in general like when i'm talking about true survival you know but um but how many people are going to be in a situation to where they're dropped in the middle of nowhere or or you know you know you know what i mean where they're totally alone or because i mean we've seen instances you know, I remember with a hurricane uh, that mm. came through here not that long ago. I say that. It may have been a day. It's longer than a decade ago. It's been a while. But I remember the interstates were packed, and they were having to deliver fuel. And, I mean, it was, it was pretty yeah. hairy for those people. So that was definitely, I would consider that a survival situation. But the people weren't alone. I mean, there was, it was bumper-to-bumper traffic for literally yep. miles and miles and miles. So at least they had other people around them to share resources. They had company. They had, you know, it wasn't a, I'm you know, man versus wilderness type situation. And I think, I think, and, and I'm not saying that you guys are wrong and thinking about that's not wrong. I think in, it all starts in your head, whether we're talking self-defense, whether we're talking survival, 
about thinking about scenarios, right? And what would I do? And how would this play out? And those are valid things because anything and everything can happen. Sure. Uh, but like, what are the odds that it's, yep. you know, it's I'm by myself in the middle of pick a national park or the wilderness mm-hmm. or Siberia or wherever it might be. Like, what are the odds of that versus the power grids down. It's a, well, with the snow that's happening up north right now, there's a bad blizzard. Ice storm powers down for a week. You're at yep. home, right? Do you Have you had the forethought to have supplies? Have you had the forethought to have candles, to have alternative heat sources, to have enough blankets, to, you know, those types of situations? More of a, a hunker down rather than a bug out situation. Yep. No. And, and, and let's take that exact thing you're talking about is, a blizzard, uh, and you can't leave your house, and the blizzard's that high up on the doors. You can't get out of the house, and your electricity's gone. Obviously, being inside, you've got some shelter. Now you got to figure out heat sources and all of that stuff. But you were talking about being able to grow your own food. Well, hopefully, you're able to grow a lot of food during the summertime and springtime and summertime that maybe you're able to harvest and have ready for those wintertime situations where uh, the can comes into play but yeah this is correct yeah and, and canning is a huge valuable um thing that you need to be able to do as well or at least even, understand in time, even in good times there's benefits to that. exactly absolutely um, i can't tell you the the my wife used to do the extreme couponing thing and yeah. she knows how to can dry, both dry can and the, the conventional type of canning too. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you the number of times that she would come home with, you know, 52 boxes of Cheerios or whatever, you know, <laughs> right. like, yeah. and that's only going to be good for so long, but mm-hmm. you can dry can those in gallon Mason jars or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've literally eaten Cheerios that were six, seven years old or something. And yeah. they taste just as good as they would, you know, a fresh box. They were obviously dry canned and put up when they were fresh, right? Yeah. So um, you talk about tobacco, especially you're talking about it like a barter system. People talk about if the world falls apart, right? Like alcohol, tobacco, you think those things aren't going to be extremely valuable, even if you don't drink or smoke? Now, alcohol kind of takes care of itself. <laughs> but well, tobacco, yeah. you learn to dry can. And you put that tobacco up, holy my goodness, it, you could sell cigarettes or trade cigarettes. for. That's what I'm saying. In, 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 those, in those Red Dawn zombie apocalypse and all yeah. that, the monetary system would be null and void. It right. comes down to a bartering system and having tobacco, having medications. Um, you know, what's the first place it's probably going to go down are the, uh, the, the grocery stores and the pharmacies, right? You know, um, so having having the idea to can stuff is is well, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, Mark out there was saying something about a DC electric hair dryer that works in power ports and vehicles um, and blankets and all that. That's pretty interesting. Um, assuming that, um, so you know, you're going to have that port available to you. That's kind of cool. way. A way around that, not needing a DC hairdryer and another route I would suggest going because I do this, like all of our vehicles, we have them, uh, is inverters. Mm-hmm. Uh, inverters are amazing for not just charging your electronics and the kids playing on the laptop or watching the DVD player or what it is, whatever it is in the yeah. back seat, but for being able to, to operate things or, or whatever. Um, 
you know, 110. Right. And now you can't just get some little cheap, cheesy thing if you're going to run. No, you're going like to spend that. some money on that. And that's something okay. like a hair dryer or a heater that requires some wattage. So you're going to have to have a yeah. higher watt inverter. And that's probably going to have to take it to your mechanic if you're not handy enough and have all that wired into the system and done right. But uh, done right, inverters in your vehicle are amazing. Yep. That bearded guy shows up, says, hello, sir. You, hello, you sir. You basically turn your vehicle into a generator. You know what I mean? And that's not a, yeah. And, and that, that is, if, if you are stranded with your vehicle, mm -hmm. then, um, that could be a godsend, right? Because you found your shelter. Um, you will ha at least temporarily with, as long as you have gas and you have battery power, uh, you'll have heat, you'll have different things. You'll have electricity. Uh, you'll have things to, to do all that stuff. So, uh, one of the best situations sometimes is being in the vehicle. I'm going to say it's not, but you know, for certain well, situations, then, it's 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 a good place to be. And you can do like you can do even if you're talking about a lot of people don't think this way, but like let's take for example your um um uh, your your situation of you're at home, right? Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, you know, I'm at home and it's the blizzard or whatever, and there's no power. Well, having that inverter in your vehicle, assuming you have a full tank of gas, and that's another reason to keep your, when vehicles get to a half a tank or something, fill them up. Don't run them down to empty every single time. Correct. Uh, but a vehicle sitting there idling will run for quite some time. And yes, so that's a, heat, that's a heat source. That's a power source. You know, and especially if you it use sounds it crazy, you can utilize the heat on the engine block and everything else. It sounds yep. weird. You can cook, you can cook food on that. I mean, let's well, just be honest. You can put you can put a little metal, you know, tin cup or something. Put some food in there. Put that on top of that engine block. It will warm it up to eat. I'm just saying. Yeah, and and there are ways to, and I've seen people that have fashioned tents to their vehicle, right, to extend mm -hmm. the room. Uh, and I've even seen people, uh, now you got to be really careful with exhaust fumes and, and obviously and things like that. So carbon battery operated carbon monoxide detectors would be uh, yeah. a, a big suggestion in this. But I've seen people that have, you know, taken their garage and sealed, you know, opened the garage mm -hmm. door, but then sealed it off and basically had duct work that goes yep. to their their vehicle and their vehicles running and they actually use the vehicle to heat the garage and they basically mm -hmm. live in the, in the garage for those few days or whatever it might be. I Absolutely. Mean, yeah. Some instances yeah. like that. So a vehicle can be as long as it, again, as long as it's in good mechanical shape and <laughs> it can sit there and idle for hours on end. Uh, and it's got fuel. Uh, a vehicle mm -hmm. can be a, a excellent commodity. A lot of people don't think about. Yep. Uh, bring Chris in here. I want to ask Chris, and our next kind of question is, what are, without getting too you know technically detailed and to down the rabbit hole of of supplies or um, things that people might want to get, um, what are some of the things, the basic things that you think that people should have, whether it's in their, in a survival bag or in their vehicles or at the house, just whatever, what are some of the survival supplies aside from like food and water, right? Those are kind of the general things that people you think may need to start thinking about if they're not already doing it. I mean, we talk about 
I mean, obviously, we want to try to stay in our houses if we can. So that is something like over the years I have done. When we when we used to live out in the old house before we moved here, we would lose power all the time. So I finally mm -hmm. set the house up to run on a generator. When we came here, I did things a little differently. Um, made sure that, you know, we had a gas water heater. We had a gas furnace. We got a gas dryer. We, I converted everything to gas because the generator that I got here at the house, it can run everything in the house on 110. So now granted, natural gas could go down and then you're going to be stuck having to go to a different fuel source. But yeah. the nice thing here for me is if we lose power, I got, I'm still going to have hot water. I'm still going to have heat because the generator will carry the whole house. Yeah. The other thing that I did when we moved here, I've got city water, but I also have a well. So I got that well hooked back up because if something were to go happen and my water supply goes down, well, I, I can run the generator, hook it up to the pump, pull water out of my well. So I have two water sources here. So it's just something that it's taken a few years to do it all, but I just keep kind of setting things up here at the house exactly how I want it. So now how, how deep did you have to dig for your well? The well was here. It's, it's a deep well. It's probably, I, I think it's about a 90 foot deep well. So okay. about 40 okay. foot to water. So okay. I got a submersible pump down in there and it's all ready to go. And then I put a switch system in too, so I can go down shut my city water off and switch right over to well water. It takes me about 30 seconds to throw the valves to get everything back on. Nice. Um, so, but yeah, my biggest idea. thing is just, you know, it's just, it's like everything else. It's like, you know, we've seen the things out there about the ammo shortage and it, the older you get, you get smarter, you start, you know, you realize, okay, I've been through this. Okay. So what's going to, what am I going to do next time? Like, mm. so, you know, it's, I mean, it's crazy as it sounds. When COVID first started, you couldn't buy toilet paper. You couldn't buy paper towels. Everything was gone. So yeah. that was something that I had to learn. Like, okay, I'm like, who would ever thought that paper towels and toilet paper are going to disappear? So now when I go to the store, you know, every other week or every three weeks to get stuff, I'll just bring home double what I normally used to buy. And now we have a stockpile of it down there. So it's just live and learn type things for me yeah for sure uh clove what are some of the things supply slash items that you think are, are pretty important um in that survival game are we talking bug in or bug out i mean like uh, um early talking. well since chris did bug in let's just kind of take it a different direction yeah. chris talking bug in let's 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 take yours bug out to kind of give some people some uh alternative if so, you're not going to get the house Mark out there, uh, and it, was, it goes along with what I was going to say, says shoes and yep. socks. And I was going to say, you know, maybe boots, something different usually, but change definitely, of definitely, clothes definitely socks. Or but, uh, yeah. I like change of clothes, some type of an extra layer, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. Yeah, it would be something I think. Uh, I don't typically carry a change of clothes in my vehicle. I do have about two or three extra pairs of wool socks, and I have a hoodie um that i'll always have we, in my vehicles just in case you know we got caught in a, in, rain in a storm. fleece blankets 
Yeah. We got a caught in a rainstorm downpour one time at a shotgun at a sporting place tournament. By the time we got back to the vehicle, uh, soaked wasn't even the word, right? Like, yeah, we, we couldn't have been any more wet than we were. Uh, and even taking socks and shoes off, you mm. know, just driving barefoot. Um, by the time we got, you know, an hour or so down the road, stopped, you know, had had agreed ahead of time on a place we were going to stop meet on the way back. Uh, it was kind of funny that we all, all walked in there soaking wet, but right. but by the time we just got there, you probably weren't the only ones that were soaking the, wet though. The, well, in that restaurant over an hour away, yeah, but no, we yeah. weren't the only ones that come out of there. But uh, there was about I don't know, there was probably ten of us or more that was all soaking wet. But anyway. Um, my point is just that hour or two or, or whatever, um, mm. riding in a vehicle, not even like walking or anything really like the chafing and everything that went on. And like, by the time we got home, like wearing those wet clothes, like oh, yeah. it was, good. it was excruciating. It was horrible, horrible, horrible. And so it's one of them live and learn things. And you don't think about that. You don't think we'll ever get caught in a rainstorm or whatever, but if you ever do one time, I guarantee you, you'll put a change of clothes in your vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, there's nothing worse to me. And this is something that was just harped on us in the Marine Corps. Uh, socks and socks and socks. Keep your feet dry. Keep your feet oh, dry. Absolutely. Feet dry. And there really isn't. There's really not a worse feeling. I could be completely soaked from head to, to knees and it, it would suck, but I could get by. Having wet ass feet is one of the worst conditions you get. It for me, it's just yeah, wet feet is just terrible. So I always keep a couple extra pair of wool socks, even though wool might not be the most fun to wear in the summertime. Um, wool socks are going to be great because they actually will breathe a little bit in the summertime too. Um, but wool socks, and I always like I said, I always have a hoodie in, in the car, and so uh, even if it's 110 degrees where I'm at. You never know when a hoodie can go a long ways. Yeah, if you don't use it as a hoodie, you can use it for a lot. You use it as a pillow. You can, you know, all sorts of stuff, a blanket, whatever you want to do. And a, and a couple other things, since I kind of cheated off Mark in a way, I didn't, I didn't sure. really, I was going to say that. You did. But, you, yeah, you uh, did kind of cheat. That's not, that's not very original. Well, I didn't because we actually talked about this a little <laughs> bit Sunday and I said the same thing, but, yeah. um, but, uh, I will go with, um, you know, a space blanket, a tarp, Something of that nature in paracord. I would say so much with that. I would say tarp. If you've got an opportunity and yeah. tarps are cheap, you can get a huge tarp for five bucks. Yeah. Uh, paracord. Tarp yeah. Or, yeah. Yep. And, and that was, what I was going to say the most important thing, maybe besides a knife, right. Or a blade of some sort. I think that's probably the most important thing is a blade um, of some sort. That's going to be durable. Um, but it's yeah, hard. Tarp. Yeah, tarp, tarp gives you. You can shelter it. You can use it to go gather wood or food. You can drag stuff with it. You can I'll gather know. water with it. Um, you know, if it's raining, you can set your tarp up to filter into a bucket or a bottle or whatever. Uh, you can use a tarp for so many things, and they're cheap, as, man. Yeah, can be used as a sleeping bag, right? Can yep. be used as a poncho. Like yep. It's, it's almost endless. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hundred percent. A tarp is one of the most underrated 
piece of item, an item that you can have in a in a survival situation. For cheap, um, right? Like like an for, eight like, by ten or five so, bucks, maybe less. You know, I think it's maybe a seven by nine because they they don't count the seams or whatever. But sure. Um, but like, and if you can get them with the grommets, please get yeah. them with the grommets. You know. Yeah. Oh, it makes it easier. But like Harbor Freight. There's coupons, I think, every week that comes out in the Harbor Freight, uh, on the Harbor Freight thing for like, like a seven by nine tarp for like a dollar ninety nine, or maybe it's ninety nine exactly. cents. I don't even know, yeah. right? And it's like there's no, there's no sense in not having a, a tarp in every vehicle, and you know, two or three in cabinets in the house and the workshop. Uh, you can't ever have too many tarps for sure. And so think about this. Here's another thing. I mean, we talked about, you talk about tarps, and here's another reason. It's kind of a bug-in situation, but you don't think about it. So, and, I, and I'm sitting here right now with two tarps on the man cave. Um, yeah. Like, let's say you're in a tornado. Let's say that you're in, you know, God forbid, let's say you're in a hurricane situation, right? Yeah, and sure. you've got a hole in the roof. Um, tarps. Tarps. Not tarps, anymore. Tarps. Now, you need stuff <laughs> to weight the tarps down, but... That's right. Um, and maybe I'm just a hoarder. That could be. But I like I like cinder blocks. I like Haydock blocks. And they're cheap. Yep. Haydock blocks are like a dollar forty seven. Yep. Pick up a couple every time you go to Lowe's or Home Depot. <laughs> just pick Absolutely. up a couple. Put them in the backyard, Absolutely. stack them up, you know. And then or bricks, right? And then, you know, if you ever need a a something to weigh down a tarp, then there you go. You've got that stuff there. And with the, if you get the blocks, the ones I'm talking about are the ones that's got the holes in them, right? Yeah. And so yep. not only can those be used to weight stuff down, but they also can be used to tie to as anchors because you can run that rope through the your paracord through the holes. So in a, yep. in a bug-in type survival situation, uh, yeah, haylock blocks come in handy. No, no doubt. Raised um, beds and grow out of them. There's so many uses. Well, and, and, and here's another thing, and this is a, a video that um, is on my whiteboard, and it might just get moved up because of this conversation. Um, being able to build things with the environment, whether it's wood or whatever, and, and I'm not saying like carving yeah. stuff and all that, but like people don't think about this. And one of the one of the things that we learned back in the day um, and it's so useful being able to know um, how to to manufacture things using wood. Um, there are a lot of things, and, and you know what I'm talking about when I say Y wood, pieces of a branch that are Y shaped, right? And being able to to being able to work with Y, those are the most versatile pieces of branches or pieces of wood because you can literally utilize it to make anything you want you could just uh make it to where you can hang bags on top you can make a spigot a spick for over a fire to put food on uh you can make a a, a shelving you, you can utilize that for sh a shelter um frame if you want but learning how to do certain things with with like utilizing wood right um being able to build say. a fire, but but a y, a y branch. If you can, if you're able to figure out how to, there are so many things you can do with a Y branch, and uh, and that's huge. Yeah. I'll I'll take it I'll take it a little further. What you're saying, and and sadly, we live in a day and age and a time to where being able to do anything other than quote unquote call the guy 
um, sure. has fell yeah. by the wayside. Once upon a time, people built their own stuff. They fixed their own stuff. Like my grandfather would run things completely ragged into the ground. When he had money, he didn't have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he didn't have to patch that thing up 18,000 times, but he did. And it, it, it's a lost art form of being just being able to repair things and fix things and build things. It doesn't have to be the greatest. It just has to nope. get you by. So That's right. It's, it's not, this is not, do, hopefully this is not permanent, you know, <laughs> learn to do a little bit of roofing, learn to do a little bit of plumbing, learn to do a little bit of electrical, learn to do a little bit of these things. That way, if the time ever came and you were on your own and you had to do something at least to get by, right? At yeah. least you would have a little bit of insight into what it takes, a little bit of confidence, what I think is really huge, that you can undertake that, right? I, hey, I've done this before. I've dabbled in this. I can figure this out. Um, and hopefully it'll get you by and get you out of whatever sticky situation. And that doesn't just apply to a bug in or a bug out situation, but to life in general. Maybe you lose your job and you can't call the guy to fix whatever it is that needs to be patched up or fixed, right? Uh, any type of situation, we're talking about the likelihood of being in certain situations, right? And being able to make it through. That's the whole idea of survival. And those situations can be, in the grand scheme of things, non-apocalyptic. They can be really minor situations. But you have to have that knowledge. I think maybe it was mandatory carry or somebody out there earlier that, that said that. They put knowledge in the chat. And I'm like, that's a big thing. I would say knowledge, experience, and confidence would be three things that yeah. it's it's not a tangible item, but you need those things. No, hundred percent. I think that if you were to ask Clover on a skill that he wished that I had, it would probably be able to fix my own alternator. Um, so <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> you could, I think you could trudge through. I could have. Oh, I could have. If I you had have. the tools, and I think you would, and you had the alternator. If I had the tools, and, and 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 I had all, I had the alternator. I, I think you would figure if I out. I had tools to in a YouTube video. I could probably figure it out. Well, yeah. even without the YouTube video, I think you could take a look at the alternator <laughs> no, and the one that's have. on there, and go, okay, I got to do this bolt, this bolt, do this. Okay, I'm done. Yeah. Now, could you do it as fast as me in the parking no. lot? Probably not. But uh, especially with people driving my ass, if you had weed, <laughs> asking if we have weed, yeah, or G webs bugging you, not being able to hold the light steady. Uh, well, good times, man. Good times. good times, man. It's gonna be good times next weekend. I'm gonna be yes, back in the Tulsa area. Yeah, Chris, you gonna be able to make it into Tulsa this year? I didn't think you said you were probably not gonna be able to. Yeah, it's not gonna happen this year. I want to, but yeah, kind of going back to what we were talking about before the show started. Yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, the uh, another thing that I wanted to have people talk about or think about also as far as skills, uh, and when I, I talk about building a fire, and, and that is so important. Um, and I've got a video. You can just go to my channel and search build a fire. Uh, actually, I put it on a community post uh, a couple of days ago. So, okay, it's been a couple of years since I did it, but go ahead and check that out. If you're three easy ways, interesting ways, cheap ways to build a fire so you don't have to worry about you know, wood and, and all that. It's a simple way. Now, I will say this. Whether you smoke or not, I think everyone should have a pack, a six-pack of Bic lighters. You can get a six-pack of Bic lighters for a, a buck, you know, the Dollar General. Oh, uh, uh -huh. I would absolutely not advise. Get Bic lighters. I'm, I'm like just real, saying but lighters, but you know what I'm saying. They, uh, uh, Bic lighter is better than having no lighter. 
Well, the the for, cheap lighters and this is and and you know this, you're a smoker, but yeah. the the uh, the cheap lighters, the butane or whatever leaches out of them over time, and then you go to use them one day if you're in a mine and like they don't work. But the big yeah. lighters are pretty solid. I ran big lighters through washing machines before, yeah. and they come out working. Yep. Yeah. Uh, having a six pack of lighters, whether you smoke or not, is something very maybe, very important. Uh, but maybe a can, you know, if you're thinking about it, maybe one of those candle lighters or a barbecue lighter, even right. Well, the long ones, the little that's buttons, what I'm saying. Yeah. That could be even yeah. a little more versatile because you've got some reach to get up under your yep. tender or whatever you're Absolutely. talking about. So yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. But I'm just saying the worst at the absolute minimum have a lighter available yeah. to you. Yeah. No doubt. And somebody um, in the chat mentioned wooden matches. You got to be really careful with wooden they matches. They get wet. Um, yeah, well, not they just get that, wet, but. The, but conventional matches, I mean, strike anywhere matches are absolute crap nowadays compared to what they used to be. And the strike on box are pretty much crap compared to what they used to be. Uh, but if you get survival matches, the ones that are designed yep. to light underwater or whatever, if you spend a little more and get those, I think they're probably worth the investment. But eventually, things like that is going to run out. So you better have some other ways of starting a fire, too. Yep. Uh, and we had kind of talked about water collecting and that needs to be something that people I think there's a skill out there that, that collecting water and then what knowing what to do with that water um, afterwards um, there are some if it's a natural creek or stream or something like that then chances are it's it may not be the the absolute clearest cleanest water but typically if it's through a creek or, or something like that, um, it, it's going to be healthy enough to drink. Um, that said, um, we're talking about different skills and different supplies to have. A life straw, um, they're not cheap, but they're not expensive. You know, they're let's say 20, 30 bucks. But getting a lot, you can probably find some cheaper ones on Amazon or whatever. But finding a uh, getting a life straw is going to be a, basically a straw that you're going to be able to go and, and drink water, and it's going to filter that water where you can drink it if you're not sure it's safe or not. Um, one of the reasons why fire is important is if you have water and you had can build a fire, get a, a, a little tin cup or a pot of water boiling. And then let it cool and all of that. But uh, being able to boil water, being able to recognize water that may or may not be unsafe is a skill in itself to drink. Um, and any water probably can be drank after, you know, maybe getting some um, some tablets um, that will, will work. There's all sorts of ways that you can get water drinkable. Um, but being able to collect and identify good water whether you know there's water that you don't that you don't may not have to drink that you can utilize for a lot of other things right um but if you're going to use it for water to drink then having an idea of how to, to get that water purified is as as well as possible is is yeah. uh something that can can save some lives well, at least make you not as sick you know and what you can do is um, get you two five-gallon buckets, fairly fairly reasonable. In a lot of places, you can get five-gallon buckets for free. Yes, you um, can. You know, but get you two five-gallon buckets. Take you one five-gallon bucket, drill you a bunch of holes in the bottom. Mm -hmm. uh, put you uh, a layer of gravel, a layer of sand, a layer of charcoal, and a layer of gravel on top. Yep. 
That's a natural uh, filter. And then put you a spigot or whatever in the bottom bucket and let the top bucket drain into the bottom bucket. And you've, You're got, good some pretty, to go. you've got some pretty good water, no matter what you yeah. put, almost aside from raw sewage. You know what I mean? Uh, out of yeah. any creek, lake, you know, obviously like a stagnated cattle pond. A would stagnated not be a great pond, idea. yeah. That's, but pretty much know. any major, major big pond or lake or, you know, uh, creek or river or especially rain, you know, but you mm -hmm. can set up a tarp, uh, surface area is your friend to collect it. So yep. you could set up a tarp to collect and direct into that bucket, which, you yep. know, then goes in and, and you could do that. Filters then drops down to the bottom bucket. And then yeah. the next thing you know, you're, you're good to go. And, and you could do that on a major scale with barrels as well, mm -hmm. you know, and it would mm -hmm. give you even more water, but, yep. uh, water filtration for most circumstances, right. Is not, it's not that difficult. Yeah. Now, it hasn't been mentioned out here, which is a good thing, is that maybe people are wise to this, but there's a reason why we haven't mentioned food, right? Now, obviously, you probably canned food, granola bars, stuff like that, always have some of that stuff around because it's, it doesn't go bad. Um, it's, it's, it's easy to store and all of that. Rice and um, beans for sure. Rice, and, sure. Please, absolutely. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Um, but here's the thing. You can live without food much longer than you can live without water. And chances are, if you find yourself a water supply, a natural water supply, whether it's a pond, a creek, a lake, a stream, there's typically maybe fish in there that you could find. If not, there's probably little things. If you've got yourself a knife or you can make a spear out of it, or if, hopefully you have a gun with you or a couple guns, you know, being able to hunt maybe little critters and, and little varmints out there, the rabbits of sorts well, and, and different things that you can keep yourself alive on. But the reason why I don't talk a whole lot about food in survival is your body can go much, much, much longer without food than it can water. So water is a priority. Uh, speaking of, hold on real quick, because I want to forget yeah. this real quick. Um, Defense Dad says, these days, a 40-pack case of water is $4 at Costco. There's no excuse not to have three or four cases on hand and middle. Now, yeah. if you're in a bug-in situation, I 100% agree with you. Yeah. You should probably have a case of water in the car. But here's the thing, and we talked about this about Sunday. If, if you've ever hiked with a bunch of water on you, it weighs you down. It puts added stress on your body and your back and all that. I think that you should have two bottles of water per every person that are in your group, right? Uh, I don't think you should go much more than that because you're, if you're smart enough and you're able to, you should be able to find a water source relatively quickly, right? Um, and that's going to alleviate space in your bag that's going to alleviate carrying more weight and all of that now if you're if you are definitely bugging in then yeah have as much water as you can have but if you're going to be bugging out or if you're stuck in, in, in all of that and you had to go camp outside uh for a few days i wouldn't i wouldn't be trying to carry a, a couple gallon jugs of water in your backpack because that's going to kill you you're going to hate that decision within about 20 minutes um and all of that 
Um, let's see here. Mark says, uh, Ghost, if you don't mind me playing devil's advocate with the food, then you have a couple loved ones with diabetes. Mention that because it could be the situation depending. So, I mean, obviously there are situations with the, the health of everyone. Um, if you have diabetes, once again, you should always have some kind of, 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 of small food available in your bag or your vehicle, granola bars, you know, all that stuff. Hell, do you know how easy it is to pack a bunch of bags of microwave popcorn? You say, well, it's microwave popcorn. Yeah, you get heat. You can you can pop a bag. Of, let's just open the bag up and pour it in a, a bowl of some sort. Popcorn, it's lightweight. Popcorn's a great thing to take with you. Uh, but yes, obviously, and there's one other thing that we need to talk about. I'm going to bring back to Clover here in a second is we talked about this Sunday also, is medications. And I'm not just talking about the aspirins, the ibuprofens, the Tylenol, the leaves, and all that. Especially if you have diabetes or you have high blood pressure, you have cholesterol like I do, and you've got to take um, a nice cocktail of, of medications every day, make sure that you've got at least a week's worth somewhere uh, put to the side of all of your medications just in case. Uh, the last thing you want to do is try to survive and then you have complications and get sick because you forgot your prescription pills. Um, if you take prescription medications, make sure you've got at least a week stashed away somewhere to where it, it can be utilized if needed. Uh, let's bring it back to Clover because I, I so rudely interrupted it and stopped him earlier in the beginning of a, a thought. So I want to bring you back in and let you go for it. On the popcorn, I mean, that's a good idea. And the reason that's a good idea People may think popcorn in the sense of they're just going to get a bag of popping corn. Yeah. Um, that's can be a real pain in the butt to pop without some oil to go in there. And yeah. uh, it's already in the bag. That's how it's able to pop. <laughs> so yeah. just keep that, yeah. keep that in mind. If you're thinking, oh, that's cheaper, I'll go that route. It's like, eh. Sure. Um, no, what I was going to say when you were talking about food and you were talking about the water source. So uh -huh. food is what? Food is plants and animals, right? Plants and animals are what? Plants and animals are life. When NASA looks for life on another planet, what do they look for? Liquid water. Food water. They yeah. look for liquid water. <laughs> so the first thing they look for like, is water because water be, yeah. it shows proof of life. Right, yeah. But that's what I'm saying is if, yeah. if, you, if you have water, there's going to be life around that water. That's correct. Plants or animals of some type and plants and animals are food. So there you go. Learn, you know, we went to survival school and all of that and the Marines and all that, but you have to learn what, especially in the area that you are, especially if it's going to be in the area that you live around, you should know which vegetation is safe to eat, which is not safe to oh, eat. Oh, yeah. And with uh, the internet, that's easy to find nowadays. Absolutely. Say, you know, uh, berries and different, you know, all sorts of stuff that you can uh, eat or not eat. Uh, you need to know, it sounds weird. You need to know at certain times of the year which animals or reptiles or critters or any kind of predators, what are commonly found in your area and all of that. You need to know that information. Now, it may not help you because if, if a bobcat wants to get you, if a bear wants to get you, probably going to get you, but at least understand what could be out there at different times of the year. Uh, I got a question real quick. Um, let me go back here. I started. The bearded guy said, Ghost, when you were serving, what amount of water did you carry in the field? So <clears throat> we carried two. Ca 
<coughs> excuse me, two canteens, uh, typically one, if not both of them, on our, our war belt. And then we typically had at least one um, in our pack. If we were carrying a pack, maybe two in our pack. Um, but the minimum we would ever have was two. The maximum we would probably have is four. Once again, what a gallon, maybe total. Oh, a total of all four of them. Yeah. Yeah. About a gallon total. Yeah, absolutely. Um, once again, um, we were, we understood, um, how to find water sources that once again, um, We knew how to, we were trained how to survive. We went through, I mean, not a lot of us went to survival school and you learn and all that. And, and a lot of my information is coming from what I've been taught. I am by no means a, a, a survivalist, if you will. Um, but hey I guess, can I ask you a question? Absolutely. So, in this, do they, do you like water, for instance, depending mm. on where you're at, like if you guys are over in the Middle East versus somewhere mm. else. Is there different amounts of water that you carry? I mean, obviously, if you're in the desert, you're going to be probably going through a lot more water. You you probably will, but it, it honestly it depends on uh, what we're doing. Okay, okay. Uh, because once again, water weighs you down, right? And if you're going to just be patrolling and all that, you might carry a little bit more water. If you're actually going on an op or something like that, and you're going to have to be, you know, nimble and agile and moving around two things. One, the water weighs you down. Two, what else does it do? It bounces and it's uncomfortable and it clanks and makes noises and all sorts of weird stuff. So depending on what we were doing, um, will we take water? Maybe, maybe, maybe a little bit more sometimes. Um, I wish, I tell you what I wish we had back in the day is I was in before the camelbacks became, you know, a thing. I would have loved to have had some, some canteens available and then have a big old, you know, um, camelback strapped to my back underneath my pack or whatever, or on my H harness and would have another uh, thing of water that would be very easy to take around. Uh, would we take more water depending on the situation? Absolutely. In generalities, I would say between two and four canteens. Uh, most of the time, honestly, it was probably two. Let's just be honest. Uh, we would be able to figure out a way to get those refilled. Um, and, and let's be honest also, some people drink more water than others. So if you were a guy that didn't drink a whole lot of water, guess what? You know, if someone needed water here, have a sip of mine, you know, but you also learn not to like gulp water and not, and just, just drink it all at once. You learn that a sip can get you a long way, right? Um, you don't have to down a whole canteen at once. Um, now you're talking about in, in a hot weather scenario and staying hydrated. I'm assuming is where you're kind of going with that, staying hydrated. Um, here's the thing: you shouldn't be hydrating while you're doing said activity. If you know you're going out somewhere, uh, you need to start hydrating three, four, five a week ahead of time. Right? You shouldn't be worried if you're going out hiking this tomorrow morning. And you just want to start hydrating tonight, you're too late. It's not going to happen. Um, so if you're staying hydrated in the Marine Corps, we were 
forced to stay hydrated. Uh, they would literally, especially if we were somewhere, they would literally every hour, they would get us online, have us drink an entire canteen once an hour, right? Um, so we were staying hydrated. Um, but once you're hydrated, some people need more to stay. Some people need less. I've always been one that I needed less water to stay hydrated than others, right? So, um, but you also learn, like I said, uh, one sip or one gulp or whatever can go a long ways. You don't have to open your canteen and drink the whole thing at once. Take a nice swig and move on and you have it. You can make two canteens of water last quite a long time for sure. Uh, screaming skull saloons. Oh, and many medical supplies. I think that medical supplies is almost a given, right? Uh, having available first aid kit is, is the, but I always go a step further and a lot of people don't think about this. And I mention this every time I get a chance, a first aid kit is incredibly important, but having a trauma kit is equally as important. You have to be able to stop a bleed and a band aid that you get and gauze that you get in a first aid kit will help but most of the time if it's bad enough it will not stop a bleed having a tourniquet an israeli bandage some powder that will clot up that 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 blood flow there has got to be a different way that you have that can stop a bleed um, and having a trauma kit on top of a, a first aid kit is incredibly incredibly important uh jacob says oh you mean the water backpacks yeah we call them camelbacks um you know um the what you were talking about about hydrating beforehand if you're hydrated beforehand what you got to realize is that drinking a lot of water is number one it's wasting water but then number two it be harmful uh, it can make you it can make you feel bad because it can fill up mm. your stomach and i mean especially if you're doing things right it can actually slow Absolutely. you down uh, yes. but it it can be a waste of water because if you're already hydrated um and you're drinking too much water, it's going to pass mm -hmm. through your system before it is absorbed. Yep. And the whole point is to utilize that water. So drinking the water more slowly allows your body to actually have time to absorb it. Absolutely. Um, we're going to start going some final thoughts here because Clover has something going on here at the top of the hour, which I don't want to miss. And it's one of my favorite things that he does. It's, I'll let Clover talk about it here in a minute, but uh, at, at the top of the hour, make sure you're over at Clover Tech's channel. Um, you'll understand why, and, and it's awesome. You need to go check it out. It's a it's a, a Halloween, uh, I wouldn't say ritual, because that sounds kind of weird, but it's definitely... Um, it's Halloween. Ritual it's sounds Halloween. better than it sounds Yeah, it, is, it, it does. For Halloween, ritual does actually work, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, Real quick before we get out of here, Chris, I want to bring you in here, and we've talked about a lot of good stuff. I obviously, could go this 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 conversation can go on for hours and hours, and podcast after podcast, and all of that. Um, but what are some of the things that maybe that we haven't talked about, or that you want to make sure before we get out of here that someone definitely needs to understand about uh, survival? Is there anything that comes to the top of your mind? Yeah, I want to go back to what I was saying earlier when you. When you experience a bad situation, um, you gotta, you you can do. I think people nowadays they do two things. They're like, "Oh, that'll never happen again," mm. or and I think you need to, you know, like going back to what we talked about, like ammo. I mean, we've seen these ammo things happen 
like I learned my lesson clear back at the beginning of Obama's presidency. I mean, ammo starts disappearing off the shelves. Okay, well, when the ammo comes back available, you know, if you're going to shoot 100 rounds of ammo that week, buy 200 rounds. Uh, have that extra ammo. Right. Same thing with, uh, like I was talking about with the generator. I've been in situations where I wished I would have had one, so now I've got one. Um, and, I, and I know a lot of it comes down to financial things and things people can't sure. afford certain things. But if something bad happens, chances are it's going to happen again. So you got to learn to adapt to the things that, you know, because you can turn that blind eye and say, oh, it'll never happen again, but it, it's going to happen again. So you, yep. that's, I guess that's my words of advice for leaving out of this conversation is, you know, once you've been through that, you, and now you've, now you know how not to go through that again. Learn from it. Yeah. yeah learn and, from and a it. lot of, yeah. and people nowadays, they don't, they don't do that, especially a lot of the younger people. They just, ah, it'll be all right, or, you know, and it's not. I mean, yeah, yeah. we've seen a lot of crazy stuff happen here in the last few years, and uh, you got to adapt to the situation you're in. And, uh, you know, not saying go all out, become a prepper or anything like that, but just. No, you don't have to do you that. You know, no. learn the basic necessities of things that you saw start that you couldn't get. And now when you can get them, buy a little extra of that thing every time. Yeah. I, I guess before I would never even come close to consider myself even in the realm of a survivalist, but I know how to, you know, I've been trained in that. I know how to do it. And when the time comes, my family and I will survive. It doesn't mean that I live my life every day trying to be a survivalist, but learning, learning how to survive is crucial, right? Uh, Clover, going to give you the same opportunity before we start talking about other stuff. Anything else that we've that we need to touch on, or that you would like to touch on before we end this conversation? No, I mean, I'll I'll, I'll uh, restate what I said earlier. Uh, education slash information. Yeah. yeah. Um, experience, right? Taking that education or that information and actually putting it into some type of practice is then going to build mm -hmm. confidence. And I think those are key no matter what we're talking about Absolutely. Uh, and particularly important in trying to cope with and survive. Again, whatever situation, we're talking end-world scenarios and major catastrophes, and it, it could be something very simple, you know, that happens mm -hmm. in your life or with your family or the area you live in or whatever, very isolated and mm -hmm. uh, could be a very unique situation even, right? Uh, but if you've got if you've got those things and you've spent some time thinking about uh, all of the different possibilities and stuff, well, you know you're ahead of the game, and, and I think mm. that's I think that's what that's what it all starts with, right? That's the most important. Yeah. Now Chase out there, buddy Chase says all you need is a butter knife, electric tape, and a bucky sec. I tell you what, there's truer words may not have ever been spoken, except. Yeah. Yeah. Those are terrible words to be talking about. But yeah. you know what? If, if if electric tape, a bucky sack, and a butter knife is what you have, then make it work, damn it. Well, Just I'm going to tell you work. now, if you're talking about stuff, whether it's, and I don't know about bug out. I mean, I, you know, I obviously have in the toolbox of the truck, I have these items. Uh, don't keep them in my wife's car, but around the house, yeah. certainly. Uh, but if you don't have duct tape and oh, baling yeah. wire, like seriously, yep. duct tape and baling wire, there's so much you can do with those two things. Like yeah. it ain't and, and, and five fifty paracord. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Find for the paracord, or and I would say if but you can find some survival because, cord, get some survival cord if you can yeah. find it because survival cord actually has like the fishing line in that, uh, which yeah. five fifty paracord doesn't. But it's if you can if you can't find survival cord, paracord at the bare minimum is, is good to have as well. Yeah. Go ahead. But I think people, I think people think paracord though because that's in the yeah. camping aisle that you know survival yep. stuff, Army Navy store. You see that, but duct tape and baling wire thing. Yeah, it's, buddy. It's a it's a joke, uh, but it's yeah. really not a joke. Like there's a lot of things you can do from patching stuff up to whatever with baling yep. wire and, and duct tape. My, my final th my final thought before uh, Chris and Clover start giving their information where you can find them and all that projects uh, when it comes to the survival stuff is is uh, kind of piggybacking off of what Clover says about educating yourself. Uh, pick a skill, you know, and, 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 and do this as a family. Maybe you know every week or every month you pick a different skill and you spend that whole month learning how to build fires different ways. Uh, the next month you learn how to tie. Uh, different kind of knots uh the next way you learn different ways to uh filter water the next way you learn how to to cook different things under certain scenarios and all of that learning different skills how to build shelters how to understand um body temperature and what you can do to maintain body temperature in weird different situations whether it's overheating or getting hypothermia there's both you can go both ways um Learning these different tools and these different skill sets. Uh, if you if you spend a month and you work on something, next month you do something. By the end of that year, and you've got twelve different skills. That's pretty impressive, especially if you and your whole family's doing it. Is is could be life saving. I would also say, you know, <clears throat> if you live in that urban area or you've never done it before, and you want to try it out in the backyard you don't have to go out into the wilderness if, if it only lasts an hour and you want to go back inside because the kids are driving you crazy whatever camp out one night in the backyard get a tent get your kids get your family camp out build a campfire in the backyard try to cook something on that fire try to get a tarp or a shelter of some sort built uh to collect water spend two days in the backyard Learning, putting some of these skills to test. I think not only would your family probably have fun doing it, it'll probably bring you closer, but everyone in that scenario, because what if something happens to you, dad, or what if something happens to you, mom, and the kids now have to be able to do some of these skills and they've been relying on you the whole time. Everyone in that family should have the basic knowledge of how to tie knots, get a heat source, go find a water source, be able to collect food, collect all that different stuff, the basic knowledge. I think that that's something to be kind of cool. And and more importantly, get the kids off their phones for a, a couple of days a year. It's not going to kill them. I think they might appreciate the wilderness a little bit. So uh, and you're, you're talking from a guy that hates camping out. Like, I can't stand it. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, try that. Uh, Chris, I'm going to give you a few minutes to tell people where they can find you. What projects are you working on? What do you got coming down the line for us? Well, we're actually going to have a Wednesday night live chat tomorrow night. Uh, How about got, them apples? I got Chris uh, coming back on from Glove Station, so pretty excited to have him on. He's always a pretty cool guest. So he's going to come on and talk about some of the new stuff uh, they got coming out. And uh, I think he's even going to maybe talk a little bit about stuff they're going to release at SHOT Show. So I'm uh, nice. pretty excited to get him on. So, yeah, it'll be fun having a haven't done a Wednesday night live chat for a few weeks, so it'll be a good time. Um, other than that, I got a got videos on the way every 
every other day or so. So, but uh, appreciate you having me on. It's a great conversation. I actually learned a lot from this one because this isn't something <laughs> that I I dive into too much. So, uh, and, uh, it's for some reason I, I I love talking about this stuff, and for some reason it's about this time every year because uh, you have bad weather starting to maybe come in in the next couple months, and it's one of those things where. Um, you never know what's going to happen and, and, and learning basic skills to survive. I'm going to say, I'm not trying to ask anyone to be a Rambo and be a, an actual survivalist. It's just learn how to survive. Right. Um, and it's, it's a fun, it's a fun conversation. Uh, it's a conversation that I don't get to talk about very much. And I wish I, I, I could, I wish I would. And I might have to start kind of going into some of these survival chats and all that. And with different people and that might actually get me to meet new people. But, um, yeah, Beardy Guys has got to take the nieces and nephews out of Trick or Treat. Hope you have a safe night, YouTube brother. That's the Bearded Guy. We're getting ready to get out of here. Uh, Clover, bring you in. I know, obviously, here in about 15 minutes, you've got uh, – you want to talk about that and give a sneak preview so people know what they're going to go watch at 9 o'clock uh, Central. More importantly, what do you got coming down the line? Uh, well, first, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll talk about the uh, video drop earlier was the Avidity Arms PD-10. Uh, a decade in the making. Finally, production <laughs> right. models are out there. Uh, so pretty neat. Uh, and then um, this week, what, tomorrow and Thursday. Tomorrow, I've got EAA on the podcast. Thursday, I have Sput Targets on the Make sure you uh, say that very podcast. carefully. I know, with a P, <laughs> S-P-U-T, not S-L-U-T, folks. Well, Although that would be a pretty um, good conversation, too, it maybe. It could you be. Know? It could be. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um. Yeah, got those. I got those coming up this week too. Yeah, here in uh, about fifteen minutes or so, uh, our annual reading of Edgar Allan Poe's Telltale Heart. So, uh, is there going to be a jack o' lantern pop at all involved with this? Nah. Nah. Okay. Nah. Um. Nah. <laughs> no, I hear you. Uh, but we're uh, we're gonna definitely gonna gonna read that. Hang out for a little bit. Read that and. Uh, uh, get a little, get our spooky on, I guess, a little get bit. Your you could say. On. Just spooky on. Absolutely. I hope everybody had a um, had a great day. Hope everybody uh, is having or had a great Halloween. Um, Halloween's one of the best years, day of the year for me. Um, I just, I've always enjoyed Halloween. We just have. Uh, put a short out. I did a, an original edit, uh, kind of a tribute to Michael Myers. Everyone knows that. Uh, Michael Myers is my favorite um, kind of a horror character and all that. So being he was Halloween, um, I did a, a little edit that I was actually proud of. It took me a while to do that. It took me well, a while, but it took me a couple hours to do, which um, I was really happy doing that. It was fun. I think it turned out well. So go check that short out. I put uh, an I tell you what, man, I, I've always tried to keep positive. I try to stay um, upbeat and not the world, the, the sky is falling and uh, and all that. But I, I put a, a video out earlier about this damn ammo crisis, man, and it's starting to get to me. Um, I get a little worried about stuff going on, and I don't like to try to be worried. I, I try to stay pretty upbeat about it. But uh, I did put a, an ammo crisis video out, kind of explaining how things are around here. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe things are the same way around your area. So go check out that video. It dropped a couple hours ago. It's, uh, like I said, I don't try to do a lot of that stuff, but I figure um, 
like I said, I'm starting to get a little worried. So uh, I put a video out there and um, go check that one out for me. More importantly, uh, get out to the range. Be more proficient with your firearms. Uh, if you live in a place where there's not an ammo shortage, shoot your guns. Give yourself a reason to go buy more ammo. Most importantly, just enjoy your freedoms of being an American, one of which is to keep and bear arms. We will see you next week. Semper Fi. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you like this one and want to check out some of our other podcasts, we invite you to check out the Jarhead Podcast, the Ghost and Clover Podcast, and the Speed Limit 155 Podcast. We also like to invite you to check out our YouTube channel, Ghost Tactical. If you're into the firearm world and the lifestyle of the, of the firearm community, go check that out. And obviously, go check out our website, ghosttactical.us, to check out all of our projects, our swag, our stores, and our discount codes. Once again, thanks for always supporting the podcast, and we'll see you soon. Simplify.